What's up, guys? Hey, it's Friday. Oh, thank God it's Friday. Another long week is over. We are heading into the weekend, a beautiful weekend, Memorial Day weekend. So I hope you guys get out there, have some fun, cook some fucking hamburgers, drink some beers. But in the end, I just hope that you are safe and have a great fucking time. But until that point, let's have some more fun. Welcome everybody to Suck It! I am the great and powerful King of Kings, Prince of all that is awesome, Derek. How are you today on this Friday, May 28th of the year that is 2021? Woo! Again, Memorial Day is coming upon us on Monday. The 1st of June is Tuesday. You know... Shit is just going fucking gnarly. I can't believe it's a fucking halfway through the year already. This is just fucking insane. We're closing out on Mental Health Month, you know, which we've done a great job with talking to a bunch of bands about that. But we're getting ready to lead into, you know, LGBTQ Pride Month. You know, we're going to be doing a lot of stuff with that. We're going to be doing stuff with the Tre Trevor Project. We're going to be doing stuff with the LGBTQ Task Force, um, the Human Rights Campaign. We're going to be doing a lot of bunch of shit with that because there's so much of that stuff going on in the world. And we got to maintain the focus on it. Um, especially with all these fucking places like Texas and Florida and Mississippi and the Dakotas all putting out transgender bills. we got to stop that shit. So hopefully we can make a, a, like, make a little bit of noise with the bands that we got coming on here. But you know what? That's then. This is now. Because today I have a band that just released a new single. And it is fucking gnarly. Um, out of Portland, Maine. Um, you know... It's rare that I find a band like this that I am, like, super stoked about. Um, they're big band, yet ska and horn-driven, and it's amazing stuff. So, you know what? Let's just cut the shit and let's get right to it with Chris Rogers from Chris Rogers and the Dirty Gems. Have me. Hey, dude. How's it going? Uh, it's going great. I heard you talking about the nice weather and everything, and it's killer weather where I am in Portland, so I can't complain. I got, like, seagulls squawking around me and everything. Well, I mean, down here in D.C., it's fucking hot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's nice, yeah. but it's hot. We're not quite there yet. It was pretty humid yesterday, but, I mean, you know, we're so close to Canada, and we're on the ocean and stuff, so the cool air kind of, like, it's got to be, like, 60-something degrees here right now, so it's pretty comfortable. Yeah, it, it, it's sixty. Shit, it's it's like eighty five. Oh, I'll be I'd be I'd be losing my mind. 
Okay, I need to move to Maine. Holy crap! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can get it can get kind of like humid and muggy here too. But yeah. you know, for the most part, it's kind of you know a little bit cooler and all that. Yeah, I mean, it was it was pretty wicked hot yesterday. I mean, we had some storms roll through, and uh, it was. It became really, really humid yesterday too. I mean, it was just—it's been pretty bad all week, but yesterday was probably the worst of it. So uh, you're just sitting around sweating, you know? Yep. Rough. See, it's days like today where I get to sit inside my uh, my my studio in my basement and record six or seven podcasts and just enjoy the AC unit right above my head and just enjoy wow. the coolness. <laughs> yeah, I'm into that for sure. I can yeah. get down with that. But, you know, then in a couple hours, I'm going to be outside uh, grilling in the hot-ass sun and drinking beer and, you know, hydrating the wrong way. But you know what? Right. It, it's That's the only way to fucking do it. you got to grill with beer. Yeah, something about an ice-cold beer on hot days, you know, uh, especially if you're grilling and you're in the heat. You got you can see, like, you know, the things coming up off the grill. All the All the images are sizzling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that is that just kind of a true indicator of how um how hot it really is. So, so how's everything going, man? Um the new track is pretty fucking gnarly. Um I was listening to it today um and I was just like I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I I mean, I know of you guys. I've heard, you know, some of the other stuff and it's like this is kind of um interesting. So it's like, okay, um, yeah, and like I said, it has a big band horn feel, kind of like, you know, your Mighty Mighty Boston's, but at the same time, it also has a ska feel. It's, 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 it feels like 50s big band, but at the same time, it's not, and it's fresh, it's different, it's original. So I, I really kind of like it. Um, so what exactly, you know, where were, you know, what's the, uh, the idea behind this project here? Yeah, I, I love that you like hot, catch all that stuff. We, you know, I play. I'm a piano player, so for me, I kind of go back like to a lot of like Ray Charles stuff and Stevie Wonder, um, and that's where like the you know the basic I guess inspiration for that stuff comes from. But we, I play in a town that has a ton of horn players and a ton of you know people like a one of the rustic overtones horn players plays on this track. And uh, that's Jamie Colpoise. And then Brian Desmond Graham plays on it too. And he plays with like Sister Sparrow and the Dirty Birds or used to and plays with, you know, a bunch of cool big bands up here and stuff. So we just, I actually just asked those guys to arrange horn parts for all the tracks. And uh, they just killed it. And they've got so much experience doing all that kind of stuff. And I think that really just comes from all the people in the bands, separate influences kind of coming together to make this weird like smorgasbord of a track yeah i mean because it's like i said it's pretty gnarly it's it's definitely a fun summertime track and, and you know i hate using that term because it's so yeah. overused and so overplayed you know I, I i said it last week with another band i was talking to who again who had another fun summertime track but i mean when, when you're talking about that with rock i mean even big band rock i mean it's, it's so cliche because pop uses, uses it all the time. So I don't really like oh, using it, but at the same time, it definitely feels like something that you would just rock out to sitting on the beach while drinking a White Claw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I picture like, you know, uh, driving along the beach with the windows down, that kind of thing, cranking it. 
Yeah, but then at the same time, I also picture swing dancing and girls in poodle skirts, and you know, yeah. uh, you know, what's his, um, you know, Ben Folds up on stage, you know, kind of yeah. doing the whole the big guitar and the zoot suit and all that other shit. You know, it's it's that's kind of how I. And there's a lot of different things I got going through my head when I hear this song too. Yeah, I yeah, it, it's. <clears throat> Yeah, for for me and you know, I I usually am engineering in the studio for the tracks and everything too. I have I just have like a, I guess it's a philosophy. I haven't really thought much about it, but I guess you could call it that. Where I don't really tell anybody what to play so much. Oh, there's tune in my cat. Uh, and in the process of just letting everybody do what they do, everything comes out to be this like different, fresh thing. I think, anyways. That's so that's the hope. And uh, like I played the piano parts and after that, I didn't have much of a say in what was going on, you know, on the rest of the tracks and all the other guys just bring, you know, we're, we're all kind of experienced musicians and stuff and they bring all this experience to all the tracks that they do. I think that has a, that's a big part of it. Yeah. Um, and that's something that I've been talking to a lot of bands about recently um, is that, you know, is that exact thing. The fact that, you know, nowadays, especially with indie bands and smaller artists on indie labels and yada, 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 you know, the fact that it's not just a frontman driven band or it's not just a frontman driven project where he says, okay, this is how we're going to do it. You, you know, you might come up with that riff, but everything else is mine or whatever, however. But with guy, like guys like you and everybody else that I've been talking to lately, it's been more about, you know, the, the band as a whole. Like I talked to a band out of Georgia the other day that's getting ready to release an album where literally every single song is um, written by a different member of the band, you know, because it's and they called it little black boxes because, you know, everybody's in their own little black box and everybody deals with things differently. And I'm like, that's a fucking cool ass concept for a record. You know, that's pretty badass. And I've talked to a bunch of bands that are doing that exact same thing. And I really like hearing that because far too often, especially nowadays, when you hear things like. You know, the stuff that goes on with the, uh, the Swedish band Ghost, where, you know, it, it's just him as the corporation and he just hires a bunch of hired guns. And, you yeah. know, I don't like that, but I get it. You know, it's just yeah. like, um, but I like the fact about when a band is a true band. Yeah. And I, it, I feel like it might have been, like, it seemed like it was a trend for a little while, like like 10 years ago or so. And that for like a front man of a band to kind of do everything and just hire people around. And I did that myself too. Um, like, and even the guys in the band that were consistent would still just, I would, would be like in the studio, it'd be almost like a, they'd be session guys kind of, yeah. you know, where like I would sort of really dictate a lot of it and have everything fleshed out really beforehand and which is cool and it works, but it's a lot of stress and it really isn't as fun as like creating with other people. And, uh, and yeah, like this record for us, I mean, I wrote a few of the songs myself, but like one of, you know, one of the songs, the guitar player brought and like we had a song, a single that came out last year. She likes to party. Our bass player, Ryan wrote most of that. Uh, we're just, it's more of like a Beatles almost approach, I guess. We're like, we're all kind of bringing separate ideas and then helping each other out to finish everything. And it, yeah, it, the one thing, the record is alive. I think that's a huge aspect that I did none of my records anyways had before this one just feels like a living breathing thing mm-hmm. uh and yeah just that you know you can hear everybody's influence in it and it, it's really like a sum of the parts sort of thing you know like I, I i think that we made great records before but this one is just like way better 
yeah. because everybody's putting their own spice on it, you know? And that's what it takes sometimes. Cause again, you know, if you're one track minded, you know, like this is my band and they're, you know, whatever, you know, I, it, it takes away a lot. It takes away from them as well. You know, I yeah. mean, like I said, I mean, anyone is anyone knows. I mean, as far as like in the rock scene remembers that whole debacle from a few years ago, like I said, we're talking about with ghost, you know, them suing him and then, you know, then him getting a new band and he was like, fuck you guys, we're done. And then something yeah. similar happened like that a long time ago with Breaking Benjamin. Um, mm. You know, like they broke up and he got a whole new band and then they tried to put out a, you know, this or that. And it was just, I, I don't like that. I mean, yeah. and it's, it, cause it's just, it, it takes away that whole, if you're going to be a band, you know, be a fucking band. You know, if you're going to call yourself yeah. this, you know, if you're going to call yourself this, call yourself this. But if you're just going to be a solo performer with hired guns, call yourself a solo performer with hired guns. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And there's, you know, over the year, like, I think Yes went through that in the 80s. Like, there was like three different Yeses touring around Yep. that were just separate guys, you know, from the original Yes. And, uh, you know, it's just, you know, even like, I think Fogarty got sued over that too one time for yeah. sounding too much like CCR. Uh, it's just bizarre. Yeah. But like, you know, it does have like, you know, you, if you kind of have to do what you got to do, I totally get why somebody would do that if they can't, you know, if the band, if they don't have a band anymore, I get that, but it does make things just a little bit awkward yeah. for everybody else involved, especially the, whoever the past band members were and the fans, I think can be kind of like weirded out by all that. Yeah, it, it really does. And, you know, even like, one of my favorite bands and you know their history is very 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 con contorted and i was talking about them the other day with another band um but the band of vice and men um mm. a hard metal band love love them been around for a long time but like none of the band that's there today is the original member there's no original members left of the band so it's just been like oh. this it's just been this rotating thing now and it's like that you know again if you're a completely different band you know at least rename yourself that but you know again it like you were saying it takes away from the past members and this and that it just it, there's so much you know it again it takes away from the joy of the music yeah and and i don't know what like to your point i don't know why people don't just rename their band they're still a good band it's just a different name it's more honest it doesn't like kind of like you know doesn't snake anybody into coming to your shows that maybe is going to be surprised when nobody they know is there playing the music yeah um one of the the best stories about something like this was this happened back in the nineties. Um, so the band matchbox 20 was actually just a band of hired guns to promote. Um, uh, what the hell's his name? Oh, uh, Rob uh, Thomas, Rob Thomas. Yes. Yeah. So, so Rob had a band in Orlando cause I, you know, um, knew the band. I saw him all the time. I cannot remember the name of the band, but the, the record label saw him at a show loved him and they were like yeah we want to sign just rob and he just like okay fine fuck you guys and left and went and did matchbox 20 so they're basically a um a boy band of rock at the time oh yeah and it's all it was was just how do we promote rob thomas you know and that oh, it's, it's, and he just left his other band high and dry and it's like wow that was a yeah. huge, I mean, that was a huge thing in Orlando at the time because I like I said I lived there and I had saw the band perform a bunch of different times and I was like what that was just insane and next thing I know they're all over everything and it's like that's yeah. just not cool 
Man, uh, I've never I've never been like a super big Matchbox Twenty fan. Maybe that's maybe that's why. <laughs> I, I never <laughs> was either, it. but I mean, I just remember hearing about it on the radio because our local radio stations were talking about it, and it was just it was yeah it was pretty gnarly. It was it was it was yeah. Uh, and I guess it, you know, like when that time period, like the rock and roll kind of scene, music scene with the labels and everything, was a little bit different. I guess too. That seems crazy now to do something like that. Yeah, because at the time it was all about getting on the radio. Yeah, yeah, and, and it was like fit, you had to fit a niche to get on yeah. the radio. Nowadays, it's like okay, well, if I can't get on terrestrial radio, which who wants to get on terrestrial radio anymore? Okay, right. there's Sirius XM, there's you know, there's Spotify, and the, you can put out your own album and never have to worry about it because you can just do whatever you want as long as you have the right promotional people behind you. You know, good PR totally. agents like Earshot and stuff like that. You know, you're you're going to be able to do well, and you don't have to worry about that anymore. You can do what you want, and I think yeah, twenty years removed from that, we're in a much better spot for musicians. Oh yeah, for sure. And you know, like back then they see, you know, success was like an overnight thing that only a few people could do it, you know, and now it's like, hey buddy, it's, uh, you know, people don't make as much, you know, we don't have like as money, like multi-millionaires, you know, with records and everything and platinum selling records, but there's so much more of a livable thing that, uh, that more of us can accomplish now, I think. Yeah. You know, we can have like this, I don't know, uh, the middle class musician or artist or whatever is like a big term that used to get thrown around. And I think that's probably still the future where, you know, we can all, you know, make a living kind of doing our own thing and having like a more, you know, niche sort of group of fans as opposed to trying to be like, yeah, Rob Thomas or somebody that's like, you know, I would never now, it seems like something that could happen 20 years ago for sure. But like, I can't even see somebody coming to just me and trying to take me as opposed to the whole band. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it would never happen now. It just, it doesn't it wouldn't. seem right. It, it definitely wouldn't. And especially nowadays, because I think also the whole idea of the, the one hit wonder is kind of gone away too, because yeah. you know, okay, fine. I mean, you, you might be able to only get a play on Sirius XM, you know, for a, you know, for one song, but then, you know, they're like, okay, fine, fuck you, it didn't really do well, but okay, fine, I'll just go take my shit to Spotify, and you can go find them on Spotify. So the, the whole idea of one-hit wonder just doesn't exist anymore either. Yeah, and thank God, you know. I remember, and I'm sure you do too, like buying albums like in the late 90s, really early 2000s, and getting like, being like, there's like eight terrible songs on this record, and like one or two that are good. Yeah. And, and you know, the CD was like twenty one ninety nine to buy it you yeah. know it was like such a waste but i i feel the same way it, like that way today too because it, you know because especially with some bands have just put out a full-length album just for the sake of putting out a full-length album when nowadays it's yeah. all about playlists so you know putting out singles or five song eps is kind of the the new thing and you know yeah. so i've i mean every time i've downloaded an album or put it on my playlist on on uh, Amazon Music because I'm an Amazon guy. Um, you know, unless it's like a concept record from like Coheed and Cambria, you know, I'm not digging the whole thing because it's just like, it just feels like it's, they're, they're still just trying to put together three or four good singles and then put a bunch yeah. of songs to, surround it. Okay, why don't you put those three or four singles out just as an EP it's gonna be better. You're gonna get more plays, and now it, now you're just yeah. flooding it with other songs that don't need to be there. 
Because now you're just going to get, it's going to come up on my thing, on my playlist, and I'm like, skip. Or I'm going to thumbs down it, therefore it never comes up again. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Yeah, it has shifted to, be, to do that. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I, I think it's really smart to do it that way, too, the way you're saying, like, three or put three or four really quality tracks out as, like, an EP or, I don't know, like, a, if you can do, if you can afford to do, like, a 45 or 7-inch or something like that, oh, that's yeah. cool, too, you know? Yeah, uh, definitely and, the seven inches. Oh yeah, just you know, and, and people remember it that way too. It's like quality music. They have a cool physical way to see it, and you know, yeah, collect it. Especially now, which it has gone back to the seventies mentality of music. You know, where mm. I walk into a Walmart or even a Best Buy, you know, they don't carry CDs anymore. But no, I'll be crazy. damned if they don't have fucking vinyls. Yeah, yeah. And, and some like reissue old stuff like that's brand new yeah you know, like they have like johnny cash records like shriek wrapped and ready to go yeah and Maybe. a lot of these punk bands are doing that exact same thing now you know these indie punk bands are putting out these special edition vinyls you know it's yeah. only available on vinyl or download and that's it and, and i yeah. love that because it's it gives up it's a different piece of it and you know i i don't collect vinyls but there's a few that you know i just had to have and it Specifically, the uh, the Goheen Cambry ones, like I just mentioned, you know, I love mm. I love that because it's a piece of that puzzle. Yeah. You know, especially if it's a concept record. Now it's like, okay, now I own a, an actual concept record. You know, it's, yeah. it's different. Yeah, especially yeah, and you know, I we you seem you know closer to my age too. They were like the, we kind of missed the like seventies album craze stuff. You know, like uh i i never had vinyl growing up yeah like either. we had you know tapes and then see when cds kind of came around that was a thing but yeah. you know being able to have that now and i think that the like the punk rock scene never somehow gave that up like like when i started i was playing with some punk bands like 10 years ago or so and they were the ones that got me into getting vinyl and collecting vinyl and like all their records were always pressed on vinyl and I remember thinking, like, have, like no vinyl. Nobody buys vinyl, but that's cool that you guys are doing that still. And then all of a sudden, it was like everybody saw what they were doing—the DIY scene and pressing, the, you know, pressing their own vinyl, making their own, uh, you know, like even like the I used to play with this band, The Connection, who were rooted in punk rock, but really more of like a stone '60s throwback. And they were making their own vinyl. They were, ma you know, making their own, their own packaging and sticking labels on everything and doing all that, like, way back when it was super expensive still to make vinyl. Yeah. And you now know, it's that, not it that did. bad. No. No, not at all. For yeah. sure. I mean, it costs about the same as CDs did, like, 20 years ago through Disc Correct, Maker. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, I remember my first, like, tape that I ever bought was And Justice for All from Metallica. Um, yeah. and I even, you know, waited in line, you know, I was 11 or 12 years old, however old I was when, you know, black, I was 10, I was 10 when black came out, uh, the black album mm. came out. I waited in line with my mom getting the black album at midnight at Sam Goody, um, That's awesome. to get the black album. But my first CD shit was like, whatever year it came out, the, uh, the year, the, uh, Cranberries released zombie. 
that album. Oh, wow. That yeah. was my first CD I ever owned was the Cranberries, whatever album. I can't remember, remember the name of that album, but that was the yeah. first album I ever owned on CD. And I just played Zombie over and over and over again on repeat. <laughs> so I was like, this is amazing. I don't have to stop and rewind. Yeah. <laughs> just you just push back once. <laughs> Yeah, and if I hit it twice, it goes back to two songs back. Like, yeah. Great. yeah. My mom would come and I be like, that, so, yeah. can you, like, play another song? I'm like, no, this is fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think Nimrod, Green Day Nimrod, was the first one that I bought by, with, like, my own money, CD or whatever. It was the same deal. Yeah, just playing, playing uh, what was that song? Like, Nice Guys Finish Last, just, like, over and over and over yeah. and over. Yeah. And, like, yeah. But like, not rewinding was huge. It was huge. It was, especially for me, because um, I learned how to play guitar on you know by listening to an album. It was Pearl Jam's Ten. Yeah. So Pearl Jam Ten for me, you know, with Jeremy and Alive and you know Even Flow and Black and all this other stuff on that album was just you know phenomenal to me. And so learning how to play guitar by ear and myself playing that album on tape. <laughs> was the biggest <laughs> pain in the ass ever. Rewind. Yeah. Uh, how's that chord go again? Rewind. How'd that chord go? Again? Rewind. Oh, <laughs> I, I ended. I think I ended up buying by the time I was done, like learning the album. I think I had like four or five different ones because I just wore them out. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And like you know, you'd like tape stuff off the radio and like all that kind of stuff, just like sitting all night by your radio waiting, waiting. for the song to come on. And you'd miss the first like four seconds because of course you'd be going to the bathroom at that moment when the song came on. It's like I'm busting through the door. Yeah. <laughs> slamming you, the record button. Kids nowadays will never know that struggle. No. <laughs> or or no. um what's the other one? Um what's the other one? Uh like, you know, <laughs> recording things on a VCR tape or shit oh, like that. Yeah. Waiting on Sunday yeah. night for, to uh, record America's Funniest Home Videos with Bob Saget, the original. Oh, we got to hit play record right now because I might fall asleep. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I know. I was, I was, I think it was on Twitter the other day. We were talking, people, it was a big thread about those, like, you know, uh, were they Memorex or whatever? Yeah. VHS like tapes you could tape over and how you'd, like, I'd always, like, I'd try to be, like, catching Star Wars or something on, on cable. Or something and accidentally like tape over my sister's birthday party or something you know just something you weren't supposed to be taping over by accident or like you know chorus her chorus concert or something i got like you know like vader telling luke he's his father you know yeah. taped over that or or going to watch uh you know a recorded thing that you recorded you know from the other day and put in that tape and go to watch it and it ends and next thing you know you're watching your mom and dad's porno yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could not hit that button fast enough to stop it. Now, that never happened to me, but it happened in television shows. And I thought, always thought it was funny. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. God, I can, if that ever really ha- I don't. I wonder if that ever really happened. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure it did. Like, oh, the poor, poor kids who had to deal with that. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine. <laughs> can't even imagine. <laughs> Just the uh, the audacity of some parents, to, you know, to do that. <sighs> I got some. I got get the cat too. You, you're being invaded by a cat. I'm being invaded by a ten year old. She does this almost every time. I'm, I yeah. I need to start learning to lock my my uh, my studio door. No, or else I'll just bang on it. <laughs> I think you could have a. 
might have a good, uh, you know, uh, assistant or, you know, helper eventually, you know? Yeah. Well, I've had her on the show before. I actually did an episode with her because me and and her mom are going through a divorce. And uh, so she, like, invaded my podcast one day just talking about the divorce. But other than that, it's like Um, every time that she's here, she just runs in the the here and yells, hola, really loud, (laughs) and then (laughs) dive bombs the show. And I always feel the need to keep it in because it's just hilarious and – People seem, yeah, to, lo- kind of people like seem a, to love her. Can be, you you can be your own segment. Yeah. Yeah, I've gotten emails saying we need more Izzy. Yeah. <laughs> when I was on um, his podcast one of the times when I was talking about the divorce, he said, uh, and we were talking about what I wanted to be when I grew up, and someone commented, bring Izzy to Mars. Not that she's not wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go. All right. Yeah, she oh, was talking about how she wanted great. to be an astronaut, and then like she's like, "Take her to Mars." I'm like, and she's like, "Like, not that you're not wanted here, but still go to Mars." <laughs> Br- bring thought, Izzy to Mars sounds Izzy like a Mars. David Bowie B-side or something, <laughs> like a does. long last. That is that is a great <laughs> album name. Anyone out there, list you know, put that out there. That is a new album name. Bring Izzy to Mars. Yeah, it sounds like you know, it sounds like you know, I've heard. Yeah, I mean, it just it just sounds like some lost David Bowie album track or something. It does. <laughs> sounds like something from Labyrinth or something. Um, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, so you got the new single out, um, or yeah. So, but now, what's the plan going forward? I mean, are we putting out a whole album attached to this? Are we gonna start touring this? Because now that we can start doing that again, thank God. Yeah. Um, you know, what's, what's the plan going forward with this? Cause again, this needs to be heard live. Cause this is fucking again, pretty gnarly. Yeah. Well, that's our plan. We have uh, a new record that comes out on July 23rd. So we're, you know, hopefully that, that goes well and stuff. And I think that we've got, you know, just to kind of double down on all the stuff we were talking about before, a lot of the songs are, you know, we've kind of got like a flavor for everybody on the record, you know, we've got like this, like kind of Latin that gets latin jam that gets kind of gnarly towards the end of it and amped up we got some like metal guitars going on in it and we've got like you know i i call it van halen song but people can call it whatever whatever they want we got that flavor on one track and some actually david bowie influence too so i'm hoping that people are you know gonna like it and everything and everybody's flavor from all the we got like eight or nine people that are on the tracks doing uh you know horns and backup singers and all that kind of stuff so i think that people will like it or whatever but we got a full record coming out eight new or eight new songs with the two that we've released already for singles nice and uh yeah and touring is definitely in the plans we're trying to get going for the fall and you know see how it goes but hopefully nothing gets canceled fingers crossed yeah we i've had obviously had this conversation a bunch too but like i'm just waiting for that first one to happen you know, I'm not yeah. sure which one's the first. I'd have to look at the dates again. But I think, like, down here in um, Virginia, we've got, you know, Blue Ridge Fest to the same weekend as Incarceration in, in Kentucky. So I think oh, cool. I think those are the first two. Because then I know we mm-hmm. got we got the Fest in Gainesville. We've got Louder Than Life, which is in Kentucky as well. Then we've got Welcome to Rockville. We've got... Uh, Lollapalooza in Chicago, um, yeah. which is being headlined by the fucking Foo Fighters of all fucking bands too, which is awesome. Um, yeah, wow, that's cool. So there's there's a lot going on. I'm just waiting for that first one to happen, 
to kind of yeah. say, yes, it's going to happen. And I do have some, like, tickets to some uh, club shows later on in the year, but that's, like, more towards the fall and actual winter. So I think they're waiting to see how the festivals go until those play out just before club shows come. Yeah. Out. I know. Yeah. One of the guys, the Craig, the drummer in the Dirty Gems plays in a band called Next Cars. And they're actually like a newer band, kind of like alternative, but punk, like punk alternative kind of vibe. But they're waiting. He's keeps, you know, he's kind of like, I think we might do Fest in Gainesville, but we don't know yet. They're kind of like, wait. I don't know if it's the Fest that's on the fence or if they're just on the fence as being included in it. I, but, I mean, the uh, Fest is pretty booked. So I'm, I think it's already sold out too. So I'm hoping yeah. that one's not on the fence about it. Cause I got a, I know a bunch of, I've talked to a bunch of bands that are playing it. Um, so I know a lot of bands are looking forward to the fest. Right. It must, so, it must be maybe they're like an alternate band or something like maybe, that. And they're who trying knows. to get that on it. Yeah. But I mean, there's, there's a lot of good stuff going on and there's a lot of, um, potential, you know, and I, I said this before and I'll say it again, you know, over the last year that we've had this, this horrific, you know, situation on our hands, um, a lot of the big bands that are headlining these tours haven't really been there for us. And yeah. that not necessarily their fault. You know, it could have been their mm. choice, but at the same time, it's probably management and their label saying, hey, don't put out any new music. We can't tour. We can't make money, blah, blah, blah. Don't do it. So I get that. But the indie bands and the indie labels have kind of taken over for that. And you're seeing them in the top 15. You're seeing them in the top 20. You're seeing them in the top 10 on Spotify yeah. and Apple and everything like that for the first time in a totally. long time. And now they're opening for these bands or they're one of the first, they're the curtain jerkers as you know, as, and we say in the entertainment business, the first one out, totally. you know, yeah. don't not go see them. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You know, if you're going to pay the $135 for a four day fucking concert, see as many of the bands as you can. Don't show up just yeah. to see Metallica on Saturday night, or don't just show up at nine o'clock to see the Foo Fighters at Lollapalooza. See as many of the bands as you can. There's four stages for a reason. There's three stages for a reason. See those bands that have actually been putting out new music, putting out these EPs, staying in front of everything, and you know, being there for you in this time of of loneliness. If it wasn't yeah, for them, we wouldn't totally. have had a lot of new music in the last year. Yeah, and I think a lot of you know, at least a lot of my friends and myself included, the last year or so, it ended up like you know our lives kind of halted musically in a lot of ways but it our lives halt, halted in every way so i think a lot of us actually were able to get together and work more a little bit and you know in certain capacities like my band uh you know a lot of at least myself and at least one other guy i know just from talking and about stuff i was like really jaded from playing too much and just like we we play, like I'm, I play in cover bands and stuff for as like a day job or whatever and do like I do like you know I used to do like dueling piano bars where it's like all requests of songs I really am not pumped you know to be playing most of the time and uh you know like when the pandemic hit the first like two months or so I didn't really play ever I was just cool. I, you know, I, I would play like whatever, like jamming by myself or whatever, but I wasn't going out and doing anything. And I just needed that time to be like, to be excited about music again and kind of get over the fact of having to play covers all the time and just like make a living and like pay my rent and all that kind of stuff. And in the meantime, though, after we kind of got over the initial kind of hump of the pandemic and, you know, we were like kind of getting back into the studio, which is our studio, like the basement again uh all of a sudden we were like 
all of us had all this free time to be together and doing stuff and writing stuff. Like we're, you know, we've been working since <clears throat> the pandemic. We had the record, this record was like 90% done and we couldn't finish it for a while. That was kind of a pain in the ass. But <clears throat> once we got that done, we were able to just kind of get back into the flow of stuff. And we've actually like been writing and recording this whole time for stuff after this record comes out. So it ends up being like, and I know other, you know, bands that we work with and that are on the same label as us have been doing some of the success that you've been talking about. Like Soraya has been on the billboard charts for like, I don't know, three weeks or something like that. And oh my God. I, know, I, I love you know. her so much. Yeah. Man, you know, Zoom, I yeah, talked Zoom to her for, rad. I talked to her for over an hour and a half. Um, yeah, I could have talked yeah. to her for even longer, but we both had stuff to do that day. Man, I, I oh. She, like, the lead singer of Soraya, if you guys haven't checked them out, check them out. They're back on one of my previous episodes, but, oh, my God, I'm glad you mentioned them, because, again, that chick is a badass, and that is a band to be looking out for in this coming year. Yeah, yeah, they work extremely hard, for sure. Zuzu is, like, never stopping. She's always, like, you know, she, well, she is the leader of the band and all that, too, but uh, she does, like, well, I know she's got like a team that helps her do it, but she's like the boss lady, you know, that yeah. like does all the booking, all the sort of like management stuff. Like I've toured with them before and I've played in their band before touring with as the keyboard player when their keyboard player couldn't do stuff before. Uh, so like I know I know all of them really well. They're really great people and they just they work harder than a lot of bands that I know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, again, for that exact reason, you know. Um, you know, they're going to be on some of these stages this year, opening yeah. up for these bigger bands, you know, go see, go see them, you know, go yeah. see these bands that you, you've listened to over the last year. Don't forget about them. Totally. Yeah. And I mean, like, you know, they're, I, I don't know if we're going to end up being able to tour with them anytime soon, but, um, it's always like a great time when we get to play shows together. We've done like a whole bunch of runs through the Northeast and stuff before, um, but yeah, like they're, you know, they always do that big show in Philadelphia. I yep. forget what it's called. It's like the, some sort of like summer fest thing. Yeah. I'm not sure. If, I, I'm not sure if that was happening this year. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm not, I have to check. Always, all I know is that as soon as they get touring again, I'm going to go see them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I got to play on one of the tracks on their new record. I, it was, it's really good. It's a great record. Uh, really the one is. I'm doing is like a, is like a one the ballad or whatever, but they've got some killer killer tracks on the on that new one they just put out. Yeah, um, and that again, that's again, that's so true for just a lot of bands out there that have just put in the work, and some of these bands, you know, put in extra work. You know, they'll be recording yeah. in their house. They'll all have like four separate recording studios in their house. And then send it to yeah. each other, and then mix it, and then oh, I don't like this, send it back, and then it take took longer. They didn't have to do that. They could have waited till a studio opened up and did it together. No, no, no. Yeah. They went their extra mile. I'm not saying Soraya did that. I'm just saying a lot of these bands did. Um, yeah, to where totally. it took totally a lot longer than it should have, but they did it for you. They did it for me. They did it for everyone because they felt yeah. the need to get their new music out when people needed it the most. I've said this 550,000 times and I'll continue to say it. One of the biggest issues I believe that's, you know, hitting this country 
and the UK and Canada and the whole world. And one of the reasons why we're having so much infighting within our countries and all this other crap is because entertainment isn't there. Now we've had to be our own forms of entertainment, so we're going to pick on the left. Oh, no, we're going to pick on the right. Oh, no, we're going to pick yeah. on the LGBTQ community. Oh, no, we're going to pick on the BLM. We're going to pick it's, – it's, that's what it's become. We need the music back out there. We need movies back out there. We need comedy. We need opera. We need ballet. We need theater. We need it all back in full force. Yeah. Because I think the moment that happens – we're going to see a decline in all this bullshit. Yeah. I, I think you're right about that. And I've been writing with, I have like a new kind of songwriting partner that we've been doing the kind of a, well, I can't, I guess I can't really talk too much about it, but it's like the dirty gems and me and like kind of like a special guest or whatever. We've been doing kind of like a, just a little writing project or whatever, but the every time that we chat and it's all through kind of the internet really. Um, Cause we all live so far away from each other and every time we chat it's like we're always talking about that what you're just talking about like we need to like inject like you know celebration and hope and you know uh like we got we have a track we've been working on called bounce back and it's like we just want you know we want to like inject that like it's not like a bounce back like it's like you're crawling from the wreckage but more of like a f you i'm bouncing back you know we got this kind of yeah. thing and yeah. uh it's a, always like a constant theme going going forward with everything we've been doing in the last like i don't know eight to ten months or so yeah and, and you know like a, you know it rings true especially this month being mental health awareness month and then next month being pride month you know last year pride month got really overshadowed by blm yeah. and all this yeah. other stuff which rightfully so i mean it it, it, it needed totally. to happen but at the same time it got overshadowed and while all that kind of stuff was happening trump's in the white house rolling back protections on the lgbtq community in during pride month but i won't i don't yeah. go there i'm not gonna you know bitch about that but you know it's stuff like that that's happened over the last year that we've been kind of blind to and i think you know this month we haven't had much chaos so we've actually been able to say okay it's mental health month and only mental health month and now yeah, next totally. month, hopefully we can say it's Pride Month and only Pride Month. Let's go ahead and focus on, you know, the the real issues at hand and, and start tackling them one by one. Yeah, and I, I have seen, you know, it seems like uh, it, there's been a lot more of awareness on uh, like Mental Health Month this, this year. And even like in March, I remember I was start, sort of starting to play a little bit more, like just little kind of one-offs here and there, small sort of things. And uh, March was, uh, you know, like month for celebrate women and i just felt like you know that was way more awareness for that that month you know like i was like i would say i played um it's not really a joke i i, I play it like i think pretty well to be honest with you and i try really hard to do it <laughs> anyways but i play you make me feel like a natural woman just like by myself and i always think it'd be cool for a guy to be singing that you know so I would like, you know, just say like, hey, this one goes out to all the women out there. It's, you know, the, it's like this month is for women and, you know, March is like Women's Month or International Women's Month, you know. And I always got like a really great response this year yeah. as opposed to like other years in the past. Yeah. that And that's and that's awesome. You know, that it's that kind of stuff that we need more of in the world, you know, that that type of stuff. And I'm glad that, you know, you're out there doing that kind of stuff because more people need to be doing it. You know, I mean, you know. Stop being an advocate, stop being a supporter, and start being the bus driver for change. You know, quit yeah. quit being Facebook keyboard warriors and actually get out there and make a make a difference. 
you know yeah totally you know just shaking somebody's hand sometimes can be the biggest difference maker yeah we and we have like up here in portland we have a huge uh pride parade that goes on every year and i think last year uh it you know it didn't happen obviously because of everything so it's like it'll be good to see like all that you know kind of stuff again and just just really more the community just kind of coming together in face to face yeah and being able to like have human interaction it it again it's going to be really important i mean now that you know the the storm is kind of over i mean we're still dealing with a lot of it obviously yeah um but the storm is kind of over and now we can kind of start pulling back the pulling back the curtain on the stuff that was kind of overshadowed over the last year because of stupidity. Um, yeah. And now we can start saying, okay, you know, this is how we fix the country. This is how we fix each other. This is how we can get back to being neighborly again, you know, instead yeah. of driving by somebody's house that, you know, has a Trump sign still outside. It says Trump 2020 and then throwing rocks at I him. Know. Or, you know, it's like, come <laughs> on guys, why we got to you know, first off, why you still have a Trump 2020 thing out there, but why, but then at the same time, why are you throwing rocks or stealing that thing and making it worse? You know, yeah. I, you know, I've seen TikToks out there that are dedicated to talking shit about the Republicans, but at the same yeah. time, the, the ones that they're dedicating, you know, they're talking shit about are the ones that are dedicating their life to talking shit about Democrats. It's like, it's the same thing. Can we just yeah. move on already? Yeah. You know, the, the election's over. Uh, and there's nothing we can do about it until 2024. Yeah. Can yeah. We just, can we just, can we please? Can we just, yeah. <laughs> can we get uh, back to like bar barbecuing and stuff? And just, exactly. you know, like, uh, it's, it's really, you know, it's really tough cause it's like polarized everybody, but it's like, even, you know, in, in for me too, like I have, I'm trying, you know, I'm, I'm sure everybody goes through some sort of like thing with this, but you're like, you've got, you've got friends for sure. I've got friends. Everybody's got friends that for the last like four ish years it's been kind of weird you know if if you're politically a little bit different or whatever from each other and i feel like i don't you know i'm sure people that are more probably conservative feel differently about this now than i'm like a liberal pretty liberal guy but now i'm feeling like oh we can all be friends again you know maybe they don't feel that way but uh you know (laughs) but you know it just seems like uh at least for the time being a little bit of like the storm has settled a little bit and maybe we can kind of go back to just like, you know, being more kind of neighborly with each other and supporting each other in any, you know, ways that are positive anyways, you know? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. You know, just, you know, to quote Rodney King, can't we all just get along? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad you know the state of affairs is starting to look brighter. I mean, it's yeah. still a, it's still a dim fucking light. Don't get me wrong, For but sure. it's a lot brighter than it used to be, and it's just gonna. I think honestly, and I and I know I'm an entertainment podcast that does nothing but promote music and mental health awareness and advocacy, but I truly believe that music is the cure all. For this type of stuff, I honestly, truly do. And it's not just to promote your music or promote Counterpunch or promote, you know, um, 12-Foot Ninja, who I'm getting, I just got an email about, which I'm fucking stoked about. Oh, talk nice. about yeah. So, I mean, I, I just, <laughs> I'm not here to do that. I'm here to promote, again, the advocacy of it all. And I think music is that. And that's why I do the show the way I do it. I mean, it's a mental health show where mental health meets music. And 
we can't have one without the other, in my opinion. And we've missed it for the last year. And now that it's coming back, I think we really need to embrace it because I think that's going to be the winds of change. Yeah, no, totally. And I think, I mean, you know, I think it kind of goes both ways too. I think a lot of artists and myself in general kind of get through some mental stuff by writing about it and and writing about, you know, whatever, you know, it, it is that's going on. Like I, like on our new record, my dad passed away a few years ago and I had, the, I've got this song that's like really all about it, but the process of writing it uh, was really for me what the therapy was. And now maybe people who have also gone through that can hear it and maybe, you know, I, you know, identify with it or whatever. But, you know, I can remember every, you know, every hard time in my life, I've got some sort of music that if I hear that music again, it brings me right back to have going through that, but it also brings me back to like getting out of it and why that music helped me get out of it. Exactly. It's, it's really, music is such a powerful thing. It's really crazy. Yeah. I mean, music prevented my suicide attempt uh, and you know, I'll, I'll take that with me forever, you know, and every time I yeah. hear that, that particular song, you know, it's like exactly that. It brings me back to that moment of, you know, thinking about driving off that cliff and then the moment I thought, oh, shit, what am I doing? And, you know, yeah. I have that band to thank for and I have that song to thank for it. And I will always, always remember that. And, you know, it, like that band in particular is a band called Bad, Bad Flower. Um, and I, I've been dying to get them on the show, but they're big label band and they only want to come on the show and they have new music to promote and stuff like that. But you know, I, I'll, I'm patient. I can do this. <laughs> totally, man. Totally. And, Cause yeah. you know, honestly, I just want to have the band on for three minutes and just say, thank you. Tell them the story and then say, thank you. And if that was it, I would, that that's all I want to, you know what I'm saying? That's, it, it, that's how meaningful it is. I don't care if Josh, you know, the lead singer of bad flowers says nothing else, but you know, you're welcome, man. No problem. That's what it was there for. And that's the end of the interview. I'm I'm good to go. Oh man, and I because I and I think that I'm I mean, they I would imagine they would love that too because like, I I just don't think that I think that a lot of bands and, and artists in general a lot of times want something like that to to happen or or maybe even like you know when they write it it's in a way happening for them in the, that moment, uh but like yeah again like I I remember this you know this is like almost 20 years ago now, but I remember when Alter Bridge like first came out and they were a band, I was like listening to their first record all the time. And I was going through some kind of crap at the time, I guess. And was like down about everything. And it, yeah, it was the same thing. Like they had a song, it's called find the real. And I was always like trying to find the real thing. Oh, such a good tune, man. Oh. You know, back then. So good. Yeah. And just like became this like mantra sort of thing of like that I adopted at the time. And it's just I I haven't I never really listened to them or to that record anymore, really. But like if I ever like if it comes on like a playlist or I have a I I think like I have a couple Alter Bridge songs on some uh, stuff like I work out to and everything still today and when it comes on yeah it's just like flashback immediate. But it's not like a flashback like you were saying like in necessarily like a bad way. It's more of like it brings me to the place, but it also brings me to like the strength of getting out of it. Yeah, of getting out of that place. It's really it's a super powerful, and you see it also too with like senior citizens with dementia and stuff like that, and just having music being able to like just come like they're all of a sudden everybody's with it, and you know it it can it's bizarre that it could do that, but also not at all. Like of course it can do that. Yeah. Ugh, music. It's. Such a powerful thing. 
Yeah, totally. And I mean, it's it's one of the only things I've been able to kind of keep doing for years and years and years and years without hating it. <laughs> Eventually, <laughs> everything else, everything else kind of gets sick of music is like the one thing that never goes away. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, ever since 2018, when I had my suicide attempt, I've, you know, I've had this. I've always had a deep appreciation for music because, like I said, I was 10, 11, 12 years old learning how to play guitar on, you know, the, the ear way, you know, the old fashioned way, you know, listening yeah. to Pearl Gems 10. And so I've always had this love. I mean, I've played in front of crowds of 10,000 people and loved every moment of it. Um, but then I got jaded by the business, you know, early, early 2000s when, again, everyone was trying to get on the radio. I didn't want that. And the Orlando Sea mm -hmm. was all about that. And I got out of it and I haven't been back in it since. But since I've started this show and been doing it this way since 2018, it's brought back a love of music that I've I knew I had. But now it's deeper than ever. And to to have lost it for the last year in the way we have and not being able to go see shows or interact other than like doing zoom shows um it, it's it's made me want and crave it even more and i cannot wait to step foot onto a festival grounds or step in a club yeah. for the very first time <laughs> and see the smile and smirk and feel the energy and the aura from that band hitting that fucking first chord and then yeah. seeing them just go yeah. Mm, I, oh, I just can't wait. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm totally in that same mentality with you. I think the first time I go to a club and even just, if, I don't know if I'll be playing there that night or just going to, to be like a patron or whatever, but I think that it's going to just be this like emotional wave of just awesomeness. Excuse me, seeing like just seeing maybe what, three, four, five, six, whatever it is, people in the band doing what they do and being able to kind of vibe off back and forth of each other again it, it's gonna bring tears to my eyes i can fucking tell you right now i'm gonna fucking cry i don't care how metal of a show it is yeah. <laughs> you know <I'm, laughs> i am gonna bust out into tears i don't care <laughs> yeah you know yep. it's, and that's because that's how i feel about it i mean it's just it's gonna be that emotional and I hope other I hope other people in that that crowd get those goosebumps, their hair standing up on the back of their neck, and just going, yes. <laughs> I th yeah, I think it's I think it's gonna happen for sure. Like I like just people I've seen online talking about it. I'm gonna see people that I forgot even existed. That's kind of what I and I'm gonna be so happy to see them. Like it's you know like I've, I've get, I get asked about sometimes, and this has happened to me lately. Uh, where someone's like, "Hey, uh, that guy around town, like, what was that? What was that guy's name that does this thing with his guitar or whatever around town?" And I've been like, "I don't know, man. I know, I know him. I know that guy. Yeah. But I can't. I just can't. Uh, you know, I use, I'll use our person or whoever it is. Like, it's in. This is somebody I I used to see on a weekly basis all the time at the club or at the venues that would just walk around. You know, go to shows and stuff." And it, it, it's crazy to me that that sense of community has kind of left the building for the last 10 years, for the last like 10, 12 months or whatever it is. Yep. And it sucks, but it's great that it's going to be back. And it's going to be back stronger than ever. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like up, like up here in Portland, it's a, it's like a, it's a small town with a big city vibe, I guess you could say that's kind yeah. of the, the deal with it. So I can't, I'm sure that all the bigger cities kind of go through the same thing where 
you know, you just don't, you don't really, it's like that, uh, what is it? Cinderella, I think wrote, you don't know what you got till it's gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind, of, kind of thing. And you're, you're not wrong at all, dude. It has been an absolute fucking blast talking to you. Um, dude, I, this is the type of conversation I enjoy just a little bit of everything and all over the place. And, um, dude, it's been, it's been a wild ride and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, guys check out the new, um, single called still dirty. It is amazing. The vibe on it is, like I said, it's big band fifties yet meet seventies yet meet ska music and it's horns and you know, again, I hate to use that cliche term, but it is a cool summer song. Um, go drink a White Claw on the beach, you know, and vibe out to the song. And then July 23rd, the album drops, which is, sounds like it's going to be an eclectic mix of everything. So it's got something for everybody yeah. on there. Um, so, sure. dude, my hat's off. Oh, well, I'm not wearing a hat, but my hat's off to you <laughs> um, because, you know, you did something pretty awesome. And, uh I cannot wait to hear it, and I hope to get to be able to see it live. Um, and it'd be even better if I get to see you live with Soraya. That would be cool as shit. Um, that would be rad. But either way, you rad. know, if you come when you come down to the Mid-Atlantic area um, or Northeast, whatever you want to call us, I'm not sure. I don't consider us the South. Virginia is not the South, or at least Northern Virginia is not the South. <laughs> but Yeah, uh, like Middle East or something. No, nope, yeah. that's not it. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the proper term is middle, Mid-Atlantic. Um, mid-atlantic us virginia us maryland dc delaware yeah but um yeah we'll go with that (laughs) mid-atlantic but dude thanks a lot man i really do appreciate it. it's been a fucking blast talking to you today and um again everyone go check out that information on them all their links are down below check it out listen to it you will not 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 regret it Yeah. And Derek, thanks for having me, man. And appreciate the podcast and everything you're, you're doing and about. And I think, you know, best of luck moving forward to you as well. I think it's a great thing you're doing. I appreciate it, man. But for everybody else, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your Memorial day. I will be back live on Monday night. Um, so come back then and enjoy some more new music and everything else like that. But until then, Enjoy your weekend with your family, grill out, do whatever you got to do, but make sure you always stay happy, stay healthy, and stay fucking heavy. We'll see you guys later. Peace.